Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everybody, to the RTW Raw Review. Rad Rob breaks down everything about Monday Night Raw, giving you the most in-depth, cutting-edge, comprehensive coverage than any other podcast out there. Now, without further ado, let's introduce the host of your show, Rad Rob, Rob Francois. Hey guys, welcome back to the Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast. This is your RTW Monday Night Raw Review Show. Episode number 29. I am your host, Rad Rob, Rob Francois. And we are just a couple weeks away from this year's Money in the Bank. I covered this past Saturday on the flagship uh, what I thought was going to be going on uh, with that Money in the Bank match being booked as climbing the corporate ladder. It'll be something we've never, ever seen before. And uh, we got a a few more details regarding that match uh, throughout the Raw show. So let's kick it off. Here's what I thought about this week's Monday Night Raw. As always, Monday Night Raw coming to you from the empty WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. You know, the WWE uh, recently got named an essential business in the state of Florida. And I know I uh, I kind of harped on this last week, but listening to Busted Open Radio the other day, uh, Bully Ray made a really good point. And it really kind of furthers the point that I had. Uh, you know, if you are a business owner you're going to do whatever it takes to keep your business afloat. You're going to do whatever it takes to to keep putting out your product. Uh, they may not be getting ticket sales, but they're, they're still getting merchandise from the website. They're still getting the ad revenue from being on Fox and USA and Fox Sports 1 and ESPN and all that stuff. So they're still making money. 
WWE is cash rich right now. Trust me, they're not going to go out of business. And you know, regarding the layoffs, Billy Ray said it could happen. You know, said it could happen at any at any, any given time. And I didn't catch today's show, but he was supposed to be bringing in his contract, and he was going to read out what was in his contract. And I have to, uh, I have to imagine it says something along the line, you know, something along the lines I said last week. As in, you're an independent contractor. Your contract can be terminated for any reason. And we've seen, you know, cutbacks every single year. We've seen layoffs every single year. Not to get back into that and bring that whole thing up again, but, you know, regarding essential business thing, man, if it was my business, I would do whatever it took to keep my business afloat and to keep it going. So whatever they did to become an essential business helps... Everybody, AEW can now go in politic and say, hey, we're in the same line of work. WWE is an essential business in Florida. We want to broadcast, you know, from Daly's Place like we were before in Florida. We should be an essential business, too. So it's going to help everybody. And no one's even pointing that out. They're just thinking of how greedy Vince is by putting his, you know, wrestlers at risk. They don't have to be there. Miz wasn't at WrestleMania. Dana Brooke wasn't at WrestleMania. Roman Reigns wasn't at WrestleMania. He was in a high-profile event. He's going to win the fucking Universal title or the WWE title. I forgot which one is which. I've, anyway, people don't want to go to Saudi Arabia. They didn't. Daniel Bryan hasn't been there. Kevin Owens didn't have to be there. They're still on TV. There's rumors now that Vince has super heat with Roman Reigns for, for not being there. He might, but it's still his choice as an independent contractor. And I know I don't want to bring all that stuff up again, but that just furthers my point that even the pros, will, like Bully Ray, will tell you the same thing that I said. You're going to do what it takes to get your business, you know, to keep your business going. And layoffs are a fact of life, no matter what business you're in. They were getting rid of a lot of people that they were not featuring or were not using. Anyway. Just had to give my thoughts on that because I just listened to Busted Open on the way home before I, I got home to, to record this. So, you know, Bully Ray said pretty much the same thing I did. And that comes from a WWE Hall of Famer. So if you don't like what I have to say, that's fine. If you don't like what he has to say, that's fine. But it's the truth. <laughs> the show kicks off with a video highlighting what happened last week between Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins. After the video, we get the champ. Drew McIntyre out to cut a promo. Uh, about what happened last week as well. So here he is, your WWE champion, Drew McIntyre. Where do we begin? Oh, how about last week? I was jumped, ambushed, left laying here, actually. You know who's not surprised at all that happened? This guy. See, this title represents a lot of things to a lot of people. History, prestige, glory, fame, all those things are true and pretty cool. But realistically, it paints a huge bullseye on my back. Because whoever holds this championship is considered the best of the best in this entire industry. And everybody wants to be in this position. Somebody once told me, it's lonely at the top. At the top, I see that that person is a dirty, filthy liar. It's crowded as hell at the top. That's okay. I get it. It's nothing personal. Everybody just wants to be here. They just want to be champion. So that takes me to Seth Rollins. Seth, mate, you stamped my head into this canvas last week. Twice. If you read between the lines of... That messiah rhetoric he's always spouting, he's not that complex. I'm champion, Seth wants to be champion. But does he deserve an opportunity? I said last week, if you deserve an opportunity at the champ, you get an opportunity at the champ. And a lot of people say Seth Rollins doesn't deserve an opportunity. But I thought about it. I came to the conclusion, I could make Seth jump through hoops, but realistically, is one of the most decorated superstars of all time. I've been in the ring with him. I know how good he truly is. And if I want to be one of the greatest champions of all time, I need to continue to beat the best 
So I'm making a challenge. Three weeks' time. And the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins for the WWE Championship. What's going on, everybody? My name is Vampiro. This right here is the Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast. Tune in, get tuned up, get informed, and enjoy the podcast. Hey, everyone. This is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up. What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. The weird thing going on this year about champions requesting matches or challenging other people. We saw with Charlotte challenging Rhea Ripley when Rhea was the NXT champion, and now we we see it with Drew McIntyre challenging Seth Rollins to a fight. I mean, I like it. It's just different. Uh, during all this, we got Angel Garza, Austin Theory, uh, and Zelina Vega came out to interrupt his promo. Uh, Zelina Vegas is so good, and whew, man, is she hot! If you didn't see what she was wearing last night, oh boy, go check it out. Uh, Vegas says they're tired of McIntyre's rah rah speeches. Uh, they say that Drew is too focused on money in the bank, uh, that he forgot about Angel Garza. Then all of a sudden, Andrade came out of nowhere and blindsided McIntyre. Uh, Andrade beat Drew into the corner, but uh. McIntyre explodes out with a Claymore kick and knocks his freaking head off. Uh, Vega then told Garza and Theory to get in the ring, and they're like, nope, we ain't doing it. <laughs> Smart. Uh, McIntyre countdown from 3-2-1, hit Andrade with a Claymore again, knocked him over the top rope, uh, and they retreated up the ramp. I said last week, I love this little new faction uh, with Zelina Vega, uh, but they have not been doing, they've not been faring very well, but... Uh, Hopefully, they will get featured more in the future. I mean, they're getting featured, but hopefully, they'll get some wins in. I don't think any of them even got a win in. Um, but yeah, not a bad opener. Uh, I really like what they're doing with Zelina Vega and her group. So uh, I'm a big proponent of managers and stables and factions and all that. God damn, it's loud. People around here are the loudest fucking vehicles ever. Like six o'clock this morning, some. Fucking redneck in a giant ass truck. They have a stop sign in front of our house and he just fucking like revving the engine. I'm like, fucking moron. There's nobody out there at six o'clock in the morning. And like my daughter's going, you know, sleeping still. It's like fucking people. Anyway, the commentators talk about the money in the bank ladder match taking place in Stanford, Connecticut at the WWE World Headquarters, or as I call it, Titan Tower. Um, the money to make qualifying matches start next. We had some women's qualifying matches last week, and now we're going to have the men's this week. But let me tell you, um, super, super intrigued by this money to bank thing happening in Stanford. Uh, as I mentioned on Saturday, I think that the, although they did put their, their building of their, their new headquarters, uh, on hold for now. Uh, until they get some more money flowing back in. But they are moving into a newer, bigger building. And I still think the plan for this one is to just beat the shit out of the current Titan Tower. Uh, I don't know if they own it. I don't know if they lease it. Um, they could be selling it to somebody, but I still think before they do. Dude, for all we know, Vincent Mann could be imploding this building. He could blow it up. Like, they could get to the top of the roof and grab the briefcases and then be like, you guys might understand this, but... I'll give you two examples. For gaming fans, it'll be like Metroid. You know, there's a self-destruct sequence after you beat Ridley and you got to go, you got to escape. Or like Star Star Trek fans, like the Enterprise has a self-destruct sequence and they got to get out of there before it blows up. Uh, I could totally see Vince doing some shit like that. Uh, even if it's CGI, I don't know. 
I could totally see like, congratulations. Now you've got three minutes to get out of here before the building blows up. Uh, <laughs> they have to get all the way back down <laughs> to the ground floor and escape before Vince blows the building up because, you know, hey, that's what he does. He blew up a bus. He blew up his own limo and tried to kill himself. Uh, Vince, you know, thinks outside the box. Look, for all this stuff that's going on, like the, the Firefly Funhouse match and the Boneyard match at WrestleMania, the um, even the even the Champa and Gargano final match was filmed, you know, with a cinematic flair. Uh, I could totally see this being filmed the same way. And this is Vince McMahon. Like, I guarantee this is stuff that Vince has wanted to do for years. And people told me it's crazy or he thought it was nuts. Vince McMahon has been trying to get rid of wrestling probably almost his entire career, or at least since he became the owner of the WWA, WWF, whatever you want to call it. I'm telling you, man, like, he, it's why he, he calls it sports entertainment. He is more entertainment than sport. He want, he loves this shit. This is good shit right here, pal. Uh, this is the entertainment stuff that Vince has been wanting to do forever. And since we're in a pandemic and all that, and they have to get a little bit creative and do something different to get the fans to watch because nobody really cares about empty arena matches right now. So they had to do something different to catch your attention. This is why they're doing this money in the bank thing. This is why they did the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, it's something different and unique uh, that goes against everything that wrestling is. Well, I mean, not really everything, but um, and that from what we've seen, that there is a ring on top. There will be a ring on top of Titan Tower. Um, they showed uh, a quick little clip of it. There is a ring on the roof with two briefcases hanging over the ring. So as I suspected on the flagship that the men and the women will be starting at the ground level and fighting at the same time. They won't be individual matches going through the building. That'd be dumb as fuck if they did that. I don't know why anybody would even think they would do that. Uh, they'll be fighting at the same time, working their way up to the building, and we're going to get to see things we never saw before. Like, you know, we've seen little clips and stuff of the building here and there, but, you know, maybe they'll go into Vince's office and wrestle on his desk or... Maybe they'll go down to the gym that they have with the old school like fluorescent lights around the wall, the old WWF gym where they filmed like the Ico Pro commercials and shit like that. And you know, maybe we'll see uh, the boardroom or you know, we'll see people fighting up the stairs and in the elevator. I mean, it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. I'm telling you, it's gonna. I, I promise you, watch this event, watch this match. It's gonna be incredible. I don't know if the rest of the matches are gonna be held on the roof. You know, in that ring, or if they'll be from the performance center, nobody's told us that yet. But regarding the actual money in the bank contract ladder matches, uh, they'll be fighting through climbing up the corporate ladder, climbing, uh, going up the stairs and the elevator and all that to get to the roof of Titan Tower to grab the briefcases that are in the ring. Uh, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be so cool. Zelina Vega joins Tom Phillips and Jerry Lawler. And Byron Saxon on commentary for this next match, which is the first of three raw Money to Bank qualifying matches. Austin Theory taking on Alistair Black. Really good match. Uh, probably Austin Theory's best match yet. And it was a really, they're doing a good job of featuring these guys against Alistair Black. Like he went through three or four weeks of squash matches, but then he had really competitive matches with Oni Lorcan, uh, with Apollo Crews, and now with Austin Theory. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. And Zelina Vega was fan-fucking-tastic on commentary. She was so good. She is such a talent, I'm telling you. Uh, she is very, very good. Just her interactions with Tom Phillips and those guys in Byron are just classic stuff. Really, really good stuff. Um, I I probably enjoyed that more than the match, even though I I totally liked the match. Um, but Theory did a really good job. Um, it was a pretty long match too, it's about 10, 12 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Um, at the end of the match theory set up for the ATL, but black elbowed him out of the ring. Um, theory landed on the apron. Uh, he punched black, black punched him back, goes to the top rope, jumps over him, uh, hits a knee to the face. Black then hits a bridging su uh, German suplex for a near fall. 
Black lifted Theory up with his foot, went for the Black Mask, but Theory ducked and elbowed him. Theory went to charge after him, and then Black just took his freaking head off with the Black Mask for the pin and the win. They show this in slow motion as they normally do, and you could see Theory bracing for it, but man, he got kicked like right in the neck. <laughs> it was like right behind a ear. It's pretty brutal. So even though he didn't get hit in the face, uh, man, that's got to hurt. I'm telling you. Good to see Alistair Black get the win, and he joins Daniel Bryan, who's on, who won on the SmackDown side, uh, as two of the six competitors on the men's side for this Money in the Bank ladder match. Byron Saxon then asked Alistair about his game plan for Money in the Bank. Alistair said that he doesn't know much about the corporate life. He may have to cover these up, and he pointed to his tattoos, but he said he'll make every floor a personal hell for his opponents. Uh, that was pretty cool. Charlie Caruso interviews Shayna Baszler as she's making her entrance again, as they did last week. Uh, Caruso asked about what she did to Sarah Logan last week. Shayna said she didn't break any rules. She just broke Sarah Logan's arm. <laughs> I love the fact of making her a badass. Even though she lost to Becky Lynch, like, fuck, who hasn't? Uh, they're still making her a big deal and making her really, really tough, which she is. And that's the way she should be portrayed. So I like what they're doing. A replay was shown of uh, Baszler breaking Logan's arm last week. And then Shane has a match with Indy Hartwell. Right. No idea who she is. A uh, really quick match. Uh, Baszler opened a match with some strikes, hit a gut wrench suplex. Uh, Baszler set up to uh, break Indy's arm, but uh, Indy moved. Uh, she rolled up Shane for a one count. Baszler was absolutely livid after that. Hartwell gives her a boot, but Baszler laughed it off, uh, then attacked her uh, with some strikes, kneed her, into the, kneed her in the face. Baszler then stomped on the arm and broke it. That seems to be her gimmick now. Uh, the referee called for the bell, so two weeks in a row, Shayna Baszler breaks someone's arm. and Somehow she's not suspended or fined. Baszler angrily walked off again, but then she returned moments later, later with a ladder. She set up against the steel steps, grabbed Hartwell, slammed her into the barricade, and grabbed her. She did the thing where she uh, does like a giant swing into the barricade, uh, and then she threw her into the steps with the ladder uh, set in front of him. She then grabbed her injured arm, put it in between the two sides of the ladder, and then kicked it. So further breaking her arm even more, I guess. Uh, obviously that, that had to hurt, but another strong angle for, for Shayna. I like using the ladder, you know, uh, to, to further the injury. Um, but yeah, whoever is facing Shayna Baszler in the future, I'm just gonna say, you know what? I'll probably sit this one out. We then get Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, the newly formed tag team versus Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink. Yeah, you know, I went on to Twitter and said uh, after this match that I really think that Ricochet and Cedric are better suited as a tag team. I think they work really, really well together, and I don't see them getting pushes on their own. So why not make them a, a, a dynamic tag team? I mean, they can go pretty far uh, in the tag team scene when there aren't a lot of great tag teams right now. And the more they work together and the more they get their cohesiveness worked out and get their chemistry figured out, and the fact that they're, you know, high flyers and and uh, very exciting to watch, I think it's good for them. I really do. I mean, yeah, they lost to the Viking Raiders last week, but, you know, these guys have only been a team for a couple of weeks, and Viking Raiders have been a team for years. So. Uh, so I like the fact that they're being featured together as a tag team. That being said, this is uh, a short match, but a pretty decent match. Uh, at the end of the match, uh, Alexander kicked Vink, uh, hit Thorne with a Tornado DDT, Ricochet tagged in, Hit a standing shooting star press for a uh, a near fall. Uh, Ricochet quickly hit a tornado DDT on Vink. Alexander tagged in, um, kicked Thorn back. Ricochet hit Thorn with a recoil, and then Alexander followed up with a lumbar check for the win. So I like the fact that boom, recoil, turn around into the lumbar check. And if, that, if that's if they're not going to have a tag team double team finisher, um, that's a cool way to end the match. So Ricochet and Cedric Alexander get a win. Um, and I, I guarantee uh, if they keep these guys around when crowds come back, they're going to be uh, big fan favorites. 
So big things are ahead for these guys in the tag team division. Charlie Caruso's backstage with the Kabuki Warriors. Charlie asked why Kyrie Zane's rematch with Nia Jax uh, will go differently than last week. And Kyrie and Asuka yelled something in Japanese. And Asuka said, Kyrie Zane is ready for Nia Jax, but nobody is ready for Asuka. Then they laughed and started singing and danced away. It's weird, weird stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. Uh, but it's getting a little bit old. Bobby Lashley is shown in the gym at the Performance Center. Uh, as he's about to speak, he kind of nods his head over for Lana to come over. Like, come on, get over here. And she reluctantly walks up. Lashley said when he gets warmed up, he will show how easy it is to flip a tractor trailer tire. After the break, we come back with Kyrie Zane against Nia Jax, a rematch from last week. Really short match. They circled the ring before Kyrie ducked a clothesline, started taunting Nia. Zane then ducked another clothesline, jumps on Nia's back, and gets her in a sleeper hold. Jax quickly slammed her off, blocked the dropkick, and hit a wild big swing. Asuka is shown shouting at a TV screen backstage. Uh, Jax throws Kyrie around by the hair. Zane tries to punch her back, uh, but Jax throws her across the ring. Jax hits a pair of short-arm clotheslines. Zane rolls to the apron, tries for a roll-up, but Jax doesn't budge. Uh, Jax lifted her by the neck with both arms and threw her into the corner. Now, typically you'll see somebody get picked up in the air by their neck. Uh, and we've seen like the, we've seen a power bomb from that position. Uh, but you know, sometimes they'll just throw you like into the top turnbuckle and she hit the bottom turnbuckle. She, her butt hit the mat and her head hit the bottom turnbuckle. I don't know if that was playing like that or if Naya missed the mark, but fuck, she is dangerous. And with, Kyrie's, you know, concussion history, especially being brutalized by Charlotte Flair uh, last year. I, uh, I was surprised that she finished this match. Uh, it was a pretty brutal bump. Um, anyway, uh, Kyrie's elbow was, was bleeding from that or, or by something else uh, around this point. Uh, Kyrie avoided an avalanche, kicked nine in the leg a few times uh, before drop kicking her in the knee. As you know, Nia missed the better part of a year out because of double ACL surgery, so they're they're kind of doing the whole like her knees are vulnerable type thing. Um, Jax quickly grabbed Kyrie uh, after you know shaking off the pain of her leg. Um, tried to get her up in a military press, but then her knee gave out. Uh, we see Asuka backstage again laughing, and she's so happy by what's going on. Kyrie punched away at Jax, uh, got her on the ground um, with a spinning back fist, which looked pretty brutal. Uh, Jax was then seated in the corner. Kyrie hit a sliding forearm, goes for the insane elbow, but Jax moved. Jax then hit a small drop for the win. So uh, Nia beats Kyrie Zane for two weeks in a row. We get footage from what happened between Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre again from last week, and then we see Seth Rollins in his home. Uh, and I do want to play this for you right now. So it's a pretty decent promo. Here is the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. You are a brave man, Drew McIntyre. A fighting champion. I admire that. I respect that. You know, not many men know what it's like to walk in your shoes. But I do. Not many men understand what it's like to go into the main event of WrestleMania and beat Brock Lesnar for a WWE Championship. But I do. You and I, we've got a lot in common. We really do. We have a deep deep love and passion for this industry. I accept your challenge for a WWE Championship match at Money in the Bank, but not out of respect. And not out of disdain. I've got nothing against you, Drew. This isn't personal. I accept your challenge out of necessity, 
out of duty. Because right now, more than ever, the WWE Universe needs a leader. And as much as you and I have in common, the similarities stop there. I am a proven leader. And you're not. I am the one who will sacrifice for the greater good. I am the one who will make the difficult decisions. I am the one who will be the light in the darkness. And money in the bank, Drew. I'm going to take your title. And not because I want to, but because I have to. Hey, this is Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net, the Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast. It's amazing to me that turtles have the ability to speak, let alone host wrestling podcasts. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. Business with personality. That's the idea that launched London's business newspaper, City AM, 15 years ago. And it's the same idea that inspired our new daily podcast, The City View, where you'll find me, City AM editor Christian May, interviewing the most well-known, influential and colourful figures from business, politics and finance. The City View from City AM, with a new episode every morning. It's the perfect start to your working day. I guess that's what makes them rad. Yeah, I mean, typical stuff. Uh, Rollins accepted the challenge for the uh, WWE Championship match at the Money in the Bank. Uh, he said the universe needs a, uh, needs a leader more now than ever. And as much as they have in common, that's where the similarities stop. Uh, he said that he is a proven leader, and Drew isn't. Rollins will sacrifice for the greater good and make the difficult decisions. Rollins will always be the light in the darkness at Money in the Bank. He will take the championship, not because he wants to, but because he has to. It's good stuff. Two more Money to Bank qualifying matches are coming up. Uh, the next one will be Apollo Crews facing MVP uh, later on this show. <clears throat> After we come back for the commercial break, oh, we get the Viking Raiders driving around singing. This has to be heard to be believed, and the visual has to be seen to believe as well. They're, they're driving around with their Viking helmet things on. And Ivar is eating a giant turkey leg, but they're wearing street clothes. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. But let's play the audio for you. Here's the Viking Raiders carpool karaoke edition. I'm Ivar, and this is Eric. Viking Raiders! We are Vikings who love to fight. Viking Raiders! The raid is here and we're here to stay. Viking Raiders! We're men with beards who all should fear. Viking Raiders! We worship Thor and we'll knock him to the floor. Viking Raiders! We're here to conquer the tag team division. Viking Raiders! Viking Raiders! Viking Raiders! Viking Raiders! Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's good. That's good shit, pal. Can't make it up. MVP comes to the ring next, cuts a promo about how he is, uh, well, he's MVP. And he's no stranger to suits and corporate headquarters and signing big contracts. And he's going to win this match and go on to the Money in the Bank match in Stanford. Apollo Cruz comes to the ring. Our match begins. And that's where it ends. <laughs> there really wasn't much to say about this. MVP got a, a little bit of offense in, but for the most part, uh, Apollo Cruz. Uh, tore him apart. Uh, Apollo, at the end of the match, Apollo hit him with a, uh, a step up in Zaguri. Military press MVP, hit a standing moonsault and a standing shooting star press, and then hit the spin-up powerbomb for the win. So Apollo Cruz joins Daniel Bryan and Alistair Black in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Charlie Crusoe interviews Ruby Riot about the Riot Squad becoming so divided. Riot said that it was never a squad. Uh, as we know, she had double sol- shoulder surgery 
Uh, but she said it was from carrying Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan on her back. Logan's got a broken arm. Morgan will be lucky if Ryan doesn't break both her arms tonight. Riot will show her just how lonely, small, and weak Liv Morgan is without her. That leads to our match after the commercial break. Liv Morgan versus Ruby Riot in an absolute fantastic match. Really, really good match. These two, you know, a lot of wrestlers will tell you the match really starts with the lockup. Like, if it's a solid collar elbow tie-up, you know shit's on, right? And the lockup will pretty much tell you how this match is going to go. And this was a solid, solid collar elbow tie-up. Um, Morgan pushed her back into co- uh, pushed Riot back into corner. Uh, Riot hit her with a huge form, and they were just talking shit, and they were just it was hard hitting, and it went on from there. And both did a really good job. I have not been a fan of Ruby Riots or Liv Morgan's really, but. Th- both of these worked very well together. As, as I always say, they had fantastic chemistry, and I'm looking forward to seeing more stuff. Uh, at the end of the match, Riot uh, was working over Liv Morgan uh, with kicks to the face. Riot started to talk a little more shit. Um, she started to, she told Liv to beg, beg her to stop. Um, Morgan quickly came to and came back with a sick flatliner off the ropes. Like, she threw Ruby against the ropes and followed her in. And as soon as Ruby hit the ropes and started to bounce off, she immediately hit a flatliner. Like it was, oh, it was a fantastic finish. It was so, so good. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to more stuff from them in the future. We didn't see Bobby Lashley get in the gym, said that he's all ready and warmed up. He said it takes an elite athlete to flip one of these tires. Lana looked actually excited. Uh, Lashley flipped the tractor trailer tire with ease. Lashley then shows a much larger tire that he will flip a little bit later on. I don't know why this is so important. Ray Ray faces Murphy in a men's mind and bank qualifying match after the break. When we come back, we see the graphic uh, in memory of Howard Finkel. Uh, They didn't show the video that they showed on SmackDown, which I'm really shocked they didn't do that. Uh, but they just showed this graphic. Their number one employee, their, their first employee ever, one of the most historic announcers of all time. And <clears throat> you don't play the same video package again on Raw. It's strange. I've heard stories about how Howard was treated over the years by uh, Vince and some of the wrestlers. And I don't want to get into all that, but hopefully, I wish he would have written a book, but maybe somebody will write a book on all that sometime. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy, the coach from the WWE. Now, there are very few wrestling podcasts out there that I like, but this one, this one, I love. I love the name. I love the personalities. I love the content. Follow. Subscribe. I do. The Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast. That's where you're at right here on the Reality Check Podcast Network. We didn't get Rey Mysterio taking on Buddy Murphy uh, in a pretty good match. Uh, early on, Ray uh, looked like he was injured, and he was trying to beg off, and he went between the ropes, but Murphy kept ba- uh, beating on him until the referee finally pulled him off. And Ray goes outside, and Ray's like, what's wrong? He's like, my finger. So uh, looks, Ray was selling uh, his finger his, on his left hand the entire match, like, a, like it was a dislocated finger, and... Lawler and, the, and the, the announcers did a pretty good job of saying, oh, you know, when you got dislo- dislocated finger, it's got to hurt so bad. It's throbbing, and you got to do whatever it takes to cut through the pain and try to put it back in place. And they did a good job of selling in the commentary as well as he sold it in the ring. So I enjoyed that a lot. Looks like we're doing a lot of injury working, like Nia's knee and Ray's finger and, you know, stuff like that. Like, I like it. I like it. It's good stuff. Uh, Murphy worked on this the whole time. Uh, really, really good match. Uh, I didn't know how these guys were going to get along, but they had good chemistry together, and I've been a big, a big Buddy Murphy fan for a while now. Uh, I thought Murphy did a really, really good job, but uh, I didn't think Ray was going to win this match, and he did. Uh, near the end of the match, um, Murphy uh, put <laughs> Ray's hand um, on top of the ring post and climbed up on the top rope and was standing on his hand, and Ray cut his legs out and he, he uh, fell to the ground 
But Murphy fought and got back up. He went for a sunset flip powerbomb. Uh, Ray kicked him off again. Mysterio followed up with uh, a destroyer. Uh, then caught him with a 619, followed by the top rope splash uh, for the win. So Ray Mysterio is going to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. So I'm looking forward to that. Not sure if he's going to sell the, the finger for the next couple of weeks, but I was shocked that he won. I really thought M- Murphy was going to win, but uh, I guess Murphy doesn't win without Seth being there. We then make it official official. Uh, the announcers let us know that Drew McIntyre will indeed face Seth Rollins for the WWE Championship at Money in the Bank. Charlie Caruso is backstage with Angel Garza and Zelina Vega. Charlie Caruso is backstage with Angel Garza and Zelina Vega. Vega is not impressed with Drew McIntyre and warns about what Angel Garza is going to do to him. Uh, As they leave, uh, Angel says something to Caruso, like, check out with me later after I win my match or whatever. She's like, I'll do that. So they've been doing this whole thing between Angel and Caruso for the last few weeks. We then get the NXT champion or NXT women's champion Charlotte Flair on Raw for a couple weeks in a row. I mean, I know she was part of the roster, but she is the NXT champion now. So you'd think she would just be on NXT and not Raw, but hey, whatever. She faces Caden Carter, who is an NXT wrestler. Or was? I I, I don't know. Quick match. Uh, Flair quickly lit her up with a big boot uh, and forearms. Uh, Flair booted her, goes for another. Carter moved. Carter took her down for a one count. Carter then followed up with a crucifix for another near fall. Carter goes for a submission. Flair fights it. Uh, fights back. Carter takes her back down, applies an octopus stretch. Flair got up, snapped her off the ropes, followed up with a spear, kind of walked around the ring and talked shit, and then got her in a figure eight for the win. Not much of a match, but... Uh, Tom Phillips made uh, a suggestion. Will we see her in NXT tomorrow night? I'm like, well, she's uh, Wednesday night. She's the fucking women's champion. So why would she not be on NXT? Uh, this is a nothing happening match. It just it didn't make any sense. Bobby Lashley is shown in the gym again, this time to flip a monster truck tire, which they claim was over 550 pounds. Lashley got down low, failed to flip it up twice, but got on the third time, and Lana absolutely loved it. So I'm pretty sure Bobby got some after that. We then got footage from what happened at the beginning of the show with Andrade blinding Drew Mac- blindsiding Drew McIntyre only to get his ass handed to him. Uh, and then we have Andrade next in action against Akira Tozawa in a really fantastic match. Like, there's a lot of one-sided matches in this, but... There's some really good, you know, uh, two or three competitive matches on this card, and I liked what I saw in Tozawa. Uh, I, I've been a little lukewarm on him uh, over the last couple of years, but I really enjoy these two working together. <laughs> Breaking news. I just got a text from John Wayland. Rob Gronkowski is going to play for Tampa Bay. Brady and Gronk. You guys know if I'm a Patriots fan and pretty hurt about Brady going to Tampa Bay. Uh, but it was just reported now. <laughs> New England Patriots agreed to trade tight end Rob Gronkowski, who apparently was still in their contract, even though he retired. Uh, trade Rob Gronkowski and a seventh-round pick to Tampa Bay in exchange for a fourth-round pick. Jesus Christ. So Brady couldn't stay in New England. If he did, would Gronk really have came back? Uh, that's crazy. Anyway, I don't even want to get into that because I'll just my blood pressure is going to fucking... Oil. Uh, at one point, Andrade was uh, got thrown against the barricade at ringside, and Tazawa got up on the uh, on the apron and ran full force towards Andrade and did a flipping senton on top of him, completely throwing caution to the wind and using his body uh, as a weapon and fucking crushed Andrade. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Uh, really, really good match. But anyway, at the end, uh, Andrade hit the hammerlock DDT off the top rope, uh, draped him on the top rope, and got the pin for the win. Looks like that's going to be his 
his uh, new variation for that finisher moving forward, kind of similar to the Randy Orton second rope uh, DDT. Uh, Andrade now does his hammerlock DDT, draping them over the top rope. So cool stuff. Uh, but a really good match. <sighs> then we get the Street Profits. Street Profits are on commentary to commentate this match between Bianca Belair and Santana Garrett. Santana Garrett has been seen in forever, and she's an NXT wrestler, and she fucking sucks. Bianca Belair is obnoxious as usual, but the Street Profits, oh, Jesus, they are far, far more obnoxious than Bianca Belair. This was the most, this is the single most obnoxious segment I've ever seen in the history of professional wrestling. I could not have hated this any more than I already did. I didn't even care what the fuck's on the ring because the Street Profits were just yelling and and just being obnoxious on commentary the entire match. God, it was so fucking bad. I don't know how this made TV. So fucking bad. And people love Bianca Belair. I can't stand her. I think the hair flip is fucking obnoxious. Um... Never, 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 ever a fan of that. I don't care if she's a great athlete. Her gimmick fucking sucks. I'm so tired of SJWs. Be like, oh, you fucking, you don't like her because she's this or she's that or she's whatever. No, I just don't like her, period. The gimmick is fucking obnoxious. And putting her with the Street Profits makes it triple fucking obnoxious. Horrible, 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 horrible. Well, everyone see this shit again. Our main event is... Angel Garza with Andrade and Austin Theory and Zelina Vega taking on Drew McIntyre. As much as I love Angel Garza, I hate seeing him jobbed out to people. I wish they would just separate him from a guy like McIntyre who you know isn't going to lose because he's a champion and and get Garza some wins. But uh, he put on a pretty good show, but in the end got hit with the Claymore, as always. Um, not Not a bad match. Um, I'm just—I'm a really big Angel Garza fan. I just don't like talking about him getting his ass kicked. It's almost like he's like my Sammy Guevara of of WWE. Uh, I'm a huge Angel Garza fan, kind of like to Brad Shepard is with Umberto, who's on main event, and not even on Raw anymore. So suck it, Brad. So there you go. There's your Raw. Uh, McIntyre celebrated. Go there to the commentary booth. McIntyre asked uh, Byron Saxon if he should give Angel Garza another kick. Uh, and of course, Byron says, yeah, why not? McIntyre got back in the ring and hit him with another Claymore. Uh, Theory stumbled to the, into the ring. He got a Claymore. Uh, McIntyre posed with the belt as the show comes to an end. One other thing I forgot to mention about the fucking obnoxious segment with the Street Profits. Byron Saxton was dancing with the Street Profits. I get Byron's been kind of a, a gimmick over the years, like a comedy gimmick. Kind of like, uh, you know, Coach was back in the day. I don't want to see a fucking commentator on the stage dancing with any of the fucking talent. Just stupid. Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. There is your Monday Night Raw. Um, pretty decent show overall. I didn't agree with everything that went on, uh, but I liked the Alistair Black match. I liked the I like the Shane Baszler stuff, you know, being a badass, breaking people's arms. I thought Ricochet and Cedric were pretty good. Nia Jax is fucking horrible and shouldn't be wrestling because she's going to kill somebody. Uh, Apollo and MVP was meh. Uh, Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot was decent. Mysterio and Murphy was really good. Charlotte Flair and Caden Carter didn't even belong on the show. Just it, it was nothing. It was a nothing match. Andrade and Tozawa was was solid and be, uh, I don't ever want to even talk about Bianca Belair or the Three Profits ever again, but I'm going to have to every week, but fuck. Uh, and then you got McIntyre beating Angel Garza, which, yeah, it was another, you know, five, six-minute match like last week. Uh, but I thought, uh, overall, they did a good job uh, with this week's, this week's Raw. More match-heavy than promo-heavy for a change, so. Um, I do like most of what I see of the in-ring action. Uh, if you guys want to uh, follow me on Twitter, I am on Twitter at RadRobGaming. 
You can check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash radrobgaming, streaming every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Central and every Sunday at 2 p.m. Central. And check out my YouTube page. Uh, you have a YouTube gaming channel called Rad Rob Gaming. You want to follow the show on Twitter? It is at RadTurtlesPOD. Send us an email, RadTurtlesWrestling at gmail.com, facebook.com slash RadTurtlesWrestling, and ProWrestlingTees slash Rad Turtles Wrestling. Uh, buy a shirt. We got kids. We need the money. I'll be back on Wednesday. No, I won't. I'm not going to be back on Wednesday. Uh, quickly here, as I'm wrapping it up, I actually forgot to go over the numbers. Um, last week, Raw was under the 2 million uh, viewer mark for the first time in a long time, and uh, it went down even more. 1.842 million viewers this week on a really good show. Uh, but it was the uh, least watched Raw of this year. Uh, and the third time this year has failed to average more than 2 million viewers. Uh, it's also the second straight week that none of the show's three hours did more than two viewers, 2 million viewers at all. So the only other time Raw didn't average more than 2 million viewers was the March 30th episode, uh, which had 1.9. So people don't want to see empty arena. Ross, even if they're good. I mean, it is what it is. In any event, I'll be back on Thursday for your AEW versus NXT Wednesday Night War show. Until then, guys, thanks for listening. I appreciate all your support, and we will see you on Thursday. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the RTW Raw Review Show. Once again, you can tweet the show at RadTurtlesPOD or email us at RadTurtlesWrestling at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We appreciate all your support. You have been listening to the RTW Raw Review Show only here on the Reality Check Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.